today was meant to be a good day for the Cardinals. They were supposed to have somewhat successfully navigated DeAndre Hopkins' suspension and would be on the brink of announcing their true selves on Thursday Night Football. Instead, the team is coming off an ugly loss that put them at 2-4. and four. An injury has put the DeAndre Hopkins Hollywood Brown Dream Team on ice for a few weeks. Welcome back to another edition of The Slant, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hogan. And today we're talking about perhaps the only offense more underwhelming than what Denver is rolling out. I'm joined with Jason Hayes, founder of the No Context Cardinals Twitter page and one of two Irishmen whose opinions on the Cardinals I'll actually take seriously. I'm glad to finally talk to you, Jason. It's shame it's not under more successful circumstances. Yeah, happy to be here, Mark. Um, thanks for thanks for having me. Uh I know things aren't going our way right now, but I, I'm still holding out hope. I'm not giving up quite yet. A real quick one. You're going to the next two games. Did you think this was going to be the situation that you'd find yourself in as a fan going to the games? Well, after last season, we saw how, how much the offense struggles without Hopkins. So I knew these first six games were going to be tough. And as most fans were, were kind of saying, we would have taken three and three all day. Uh, just to get just to kind of scrape through and then once Hopkins comes back we can take off um but I didn't see things I didn't see the the offensive struggling this much you know even even the two wins we had they didn't look graceful or didn't look uh, in rhythm at all so uh I was I was hoping when when Cliff Kingsbury had a full off season to prepare knowing that DeAndre Hopkins wouldn't be available for those first six games I thought okay maybe blessing in disguise maybe he'll develop his offense to function without relying solely on a, on their number one receiver. Um, but somehow they just, they look worse. They look more dysfunctional. They've gone backwards on, on the past couple of years. Um, and on the other end, the defense, which I thought was the main concern and would be the issue. They're actually the bright spot over the last few weeks. Um, so it's just a weird one all around. None of, none of my off season predictions or anything like that for individual players or for the team seem to be, seem to be coming through. It's just a very unpredictable uh, opening six games for the Cardinals. It's funny that you mentioned the defense because I actually had in, in my notes that the lads would be previewing the Thursday night football game and we actually don't need to touch on the defense because even though it was supposed to be the storyline, Vance Joseph has done such a good job coaching those guys up that you really can't complain with the product that they're putting out, especially considering the offseason storyline and everyone having to go with the defensive backs and look at them step up. But I suppose it's, it's worth asking you because it's jumping off point whatever way we look at it. What's more frustrating or irritating for you? Is it not getting to see the offense, the starting offense on the field together at one time? Is it the horizontal scheme that Cliff Kingsbury has completely attached himself to, it seems? Or is it number three, Marie not using his legs more? I think, I, th- I don't think it can be summed up as one, as one reason or one solution as to why the offense is struggling. Um, as much as people do criticize Cliff Kingsbury and his scheme, I, d- I don't actually see the scheme as the biggest the biggest issue. When you when you review the plays and look at the tape, more often than not, there is plays to be made on the field. There's receivers open. Um, it's just a matter of the offensive line might break down in protection too soon. Uh, Murray's missing throws. He wasn't miss- he wasn't uh, tr- throwing the ball this inaccurately uh, since he came in the league. He's just missing open receivers, which he doesn't normally do. Um, and the receivers themselves haven't been helping him out too much beyond Hollywood Brown. There's been a few drops. Rondell Moore, I think it, I don't know what they officially categorized his drops last weekend, but he had a couple of plays that he could have and should have made on third down to move the chains. Um, so I think overall, there's a lot more than just 
scheme as the issue on offense. There's players not executing um, in all positions. And overall, well, I'm not trying to shift the blame away from Fifth Fingers because that's that's ultimately his job is to get those guys functioning and to correct those mistakes. Um, I think it's not all just down to Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think him, you know, handing over play calling to Spencer Whipple or anything like that will make too much of a difference. Uh, I think the players and the coaches alike all need to just get on the same page and improve across the board, really, because it's it's just a mess right now on all fronts, basically. I I think it's interesting that you mentioned the play calling for, you know, listeners that haven't been tuning in or paying attention to the Cardinals this week. Um, Cliff Kingsbury he kind of hung his hat, especially in 2020, saying that there was be no reason he could ever see himself giving up play calling, that, you know, that's why he was taken on by the team. This week, he kind of rolled back those comments, even in the last 48 hours, saying that if it was something that would lead to wins, that potentially he would do it. The problem that I see is there's not a lot of obvious talent, play calling talent to take over. I mean, Whipple did do it in a game against the Cleveland Browns last year when King, Cliff Kingsbury himself was out because of COVID. But I think a problem that I have with Kingsbury and how he's kind of set himself up is when he came in, he didn't have an NFL background, so he didn't have a massive pool of talent to go to and ask, will you be part of my coaching staff? Even the Vance Joseph hiring was done through other people inside the organizations that knew him. One employment that he did do was he took on Stephen Roy from the Green Bay Packers, who kind of came in as a bit of a messiah. After the 2020 season, he was fired and your past game coordinator at the time, Tom Clements, retired. So when Sean McVay with the Rams was promoting Kevin O'Connell to an offensive coordinator role, when the San Francisco 49ers were promoting Mike McDaniels to a, 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 an offensive coordinator role, mentioned those two guys that have become head coaches in the last season or this season and have become successful. Cliff Kingsbury stuck to his guns and said, I don't need anything more than a run game coordinator. And he went with Sean Coogler, who was doing a fantastic job with the offensive line. And through his um, knowledge of the offensive line, Sean Coogler was made the run game coordinator and did a fantastic job with that. But he's not a play caller. You know, it's kind of like what Patricia is doing in New England at the moment. He understands the defense so well that he can do an offensive role. So has Cliff Kingsbury kind of himself gone himself, backed himself into this position that even if the right thing was to step away from play calling, that there's not even an option to do so? Yeah, especially just at this stage of the season, you know, halfway through the season, it's not like there's uh, offensive geniuses on the market right now. That's the type of stuff that happens in the off season. Um, you know, you mentioned Spencer Whipple there. He he's coming from UMass. Uh, he was there for five years, uh, coaching under his father, and he only had one game calling offense there as well, or calling the plays uh, at UMass as well. So he's he's two games uh, overall as the offensive play caller. So. It's just a, such a small sample size. I, I don't think it's as easy as saying, oh, give Spencer Whipple a shot. Things could get drastically worse. Um, there's just not a lot of options out there. I, I agree Cliff Kingsbury has dug himself into this hole, I suppose. He, he, he wants to be the only guy. He wants to be the guy who's calling the plays and running the offense. Um, so I just don't see an easy way out right now. Um, you know, at the end of every game, he will give us the usual spiel of, I should have called a better game and, and stuff like that. 
Uh, and it is true. He he just he he calls these you know gadget plays, these jet sweeps, these uh, convoluted screens to Rondell Moore that the defense knows is coming, and everyone understands, and everyone watching on TV knows is coming before he even calls it. Uh, and his timing is just a bit off at times as well. You know, he's we he might get it down to third and one in the red zone, and then he calls a trick play with Murray out wide, and he you know getting this shotgun snap. He just his timing seems off, uh, even calling shot plays and the running game. The defense seems to just know what's coming. Uh, so I, I don't think it's the, a case of the plays are bad, but the moments he's calling these plays and just his his overall play calling is off at the moment. Uh, but I don't see I don't see what the other option is. I don't think Spencer Ripple is going to come in and sort a thing out at, at 33 years old and only a couple of seasons experience as an NFL assistant coach, you know. Um, so, yeah, there's no easy answers. I think Cliff Kingsbury just needs to get better at it himself. Um, and then if it, things don't fix itself by the, by the off-season, that's the time to make those changes and, and make those decisions. One thing that's probably going in Cliff Kingsbury's favour, in his favour now, is, of course, the reintroduction of DeAndre Hopkins because the Cardinals' offence through the first six weeks has rivaled an under-10 GA match for its height and size. So with Robbie Anderson, after being brought in to replace the injured Marquise Brown. Do they kind of have a chance now that they can go more vertical because they've been playing horizontal because perhaps guys weren't going to line up one-on-one with cornerbacks that were over them. Rondo Moore is only five foot seven, and um, Andy Isabella, who's gone now, was obviously a shorter guy. They haven't had big guys. AJ Green has been there, but between injury and drops, you couldn't really rely on him. So maybe it was that he was forced, Cliff Kingsbury, that is, into calling those screens and gadgets whatever you want to call them it it wasn't it wasn't working except for maybe perhaps once um ronda moore showed absolute talent on like it was against the philadelphia eagles it was when they needed a big play he took a ball that the depth of target must have been one yard and he brought it 35 yards for a big gain now that the offense potentially opens back up with deandre hopkins on one side and robbie anderson on the other is there still hope because with this cardinals team like when they were in the playoffs last year, and it wasn't obviously the best offensive performance. In fact, it's probably still as Kyler Murray's worst ever game. But they went into that game with the likes of AJ Green, the likes of Zach Ertz, the likes of Christian Kirk. Now the offense isn't going to be too much different. You have Zach Ertz back in. You'll have DeAndre Hopkins back for the first time in forever. Um, yeah, the, the, the offense still could go back to a year ago, could it? Yeah, uh, that, that's the one thing that was that I was holding out hope for was the Andre Hopkins return, especially with Hollywood Brown on the opposite sideline. Um, you know, that's, it's not easy to cover. It's not easy to scheme for as a defense when you have to cover two of those guys. So it was, it was tough to see Marquise Brown go down on such a meaningless play at the end of the game last Sunday. Uh, but, you know, Kimes, Kimes doing his usual stuff. He's got that, another receiver in for what seems like good value. Uh, I'm looking over Robbie Anderson's stats um, the past few years, he, he's he's been. This is his seventh year in the league, and he's had one one thousand yard season. So we've all seen the flashes of what he can do. You know, big big plays, and he's he's a definite deep threat, and he should help the offense in that way. Uh, but I think it'll be a case of whether he can do it consistently. And um, he's a big name around the league, but just put it in week in week out, and the combination of himself and DeAndre Hopkins should definitely help uh, stretch the field a bit more whether it's him taking the top off a of defense or DeAndre Hopkins winning the odd 50-50 along the sideline that our receivers generally haven't been able to, to reel in this year, particularly AJ Green, who, who I'm guessing will, will go to the bench now with, with Robbie Anderson taking his, his side of the field. 
Um, so yeah, I, I do hold out hope. I, I do think they can get that deep game going again. Um, DeAndre Hopkins changes a lot of things, and then we have two big threats and high, high or tall receivers rather than just Hollywood Brown, who wasn't, who's not that tall. He's more of a speedster. Um, so it's a different type of deep threat, but I do think uh, we can get it going. A lot of it is on the offensive line. Uh, you know, Justin Pugh went down last last Sunday, um, so he'll be lost in the interior. But if they can come together and uh, just consistently give Murray uh, enough time in the pocket to be able to go through his reads and wait for a deep play to develop, uh, then then things should improve as the year goes on. Uh, Cody Ford as well is on IR, so hopefully he can come back soon and guard and, and help that situation as well. Um, but overall, yeah, I do think the deep game will get better. It can't get worse anyway. But, um, I'm holding out hope that these additions will, will help the team in the long run. Yeah, I, I like it. Look, Marquise Brown, when he was traded for, I thought the price was too high. Like, how did you trade a first-round pick for a former first-round pick that didn't completely de- deliver on their talent? I thought uh, Steve Kime could have maybe got himself a bit of a better deal. But as it turns out, it was much needed, whatever about the other wide receivers that were available on the board. Marquise Brown, you couldn't have asked for any more. 185 yards through the first six games isn't too bad at all, especially when defenses should have known that he was the only one that you're supposed to take care of but the thing that with Robbie Anderson that intrigues me is like you said he's only had the one 1,000 yard season maybe he's a big name in the league because he was with the New York Jets and whether good or bad or indifferent the Jets are still a big market so their players are you know going to get along or sorry going to get um, good airtime but like New York fans would have taken him back if it was possible from Carolina and like Carolina was having this fire sale because they just got rid of their coach it's not like he was gotten rid of for any you know negative reasons i mean yeah the contract is coming up next year but that's the the cardinals aren't on the hook for that so i do like the trade and it's kind of comes with more positive than a trade this time of year typically does come with you know that there's um that a player hasn't been producing i mean there's obviously more than that and the thing with robbie anderson as well is he hasn't had a quality quarterback through his whole career Mm. so a bit like what happened with marquise brown i'm not saying that lamar jackson isn't a quality quarter quarterback but i do hold out hope that now with robbie anderson having kyler murray a, a genuine um play uh, pass, a passer that he can step up the one thing that i do query with robbie anderson is he is a bit of a fiery player i mean it hasn't been throughout his career but like we saw what happened on the sideline this weekend we saw the quotes during the offseason when he was i suppose backing up his quarterback and sam darnold but at the same time, he was open to taking a shot at Baker Mayfield, and then that turned a bit awkward when Baker Mayfield himself ended up on the same team. I just hope that Robbie Anderson can come in and get along with Kyler Murray because it does seem like Kyler Murray had that relationship with Marquise Brown when he came to the team, and that's why they were able to click so fast. Whereas your likes of even going back to Larry Fitzgerald said that Kyler Murray was too young for him, so they never really completely got along well. AJ Green said, even though he was on the Cardinals team for an entire year, that himself and Kyler Murray never got onto the same page. Do you think that the chemistry is overrated, or do you think that Kyler Murray, he is displaying better signs, whether it's with the media or however, even as patience, it seems, on the field after um, blown assignments by wide receivers do you think that Conor Murray has kind of gotten better at that watching as a fan or do you think it's overrated and that you know just go out and make a play yeah it's 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 just such a tough one to analyze because um you know if you see the, the media around the NFL always jump on Kyler Murray as soon as there's a, a quick image of him on the sideline with a with a pouty face and that's like oh bad leader 
they just jumped to that conclusion. We don't know what's happening in the locker room. We don't know his relationship with these players. So it just seems nonsensical to me to be criticising a guy and his leadership without knowing any of the ins and outs or any of the details or how he gets along with his teammates. Um, we've seen Christian Kirk is in Jacksonville and he still advocates for Kyler Murray and his leadership uh, even after he's left Arizona. Hopkins seems to love Kyler Murray. Um, I think we don't know what's going on there. It, it could be a case of just not clicking on the field. I don't think that ne- necessarily means he's a bad leader. Um, I'm just hesitant to even say, like, we, we just don't know. There's no, there's no, um, Steve Kime said once he signed his, his contract, he's noticing any difference as he walks around the building and he seems like he's trying to take on this more leadership role. So I'm going to take that at face value. He's, he's going to say that because he's the franchise quarterback and he doesn't want to look stupid giving him this contract. Um, but that's all we have to work off. If the players he's playing with and if his general manager and the coaches are saying he's good as a leader, I'm going to just believe that, basically. I'm kind of glad we're seeing this Kyler Murray because he's gotten the contract. Like, if this was a contract year, I think things could be completely different, that he would be a bit more annoyed. So it's important that Steve Kime got that done, but at the same time, he mm-hmm. could have saved himself, you know, $10 million over the space of the season if it was done today. Um but like I said, I'm glad that it's done. But the thing with Kyler Murray for me is, and we definitely saw this against the Philadelphia Eagles and the Las Vegas Raiders, when Kyler Murray runs, it completely changed the game. And I'm well aware that Kyler Murray came out during the offseason. He said his legs should be a luxury. They're luxury. We see him using more and more when he knows that he's putting the game on his shoulders. Maybe that's because he has the confidence that he has gotten the contract now. Not that he ever wants to get injured, but it's certainly more easy to get injured when you have that guaranteed money behind you. But I wish for Cardinals fans that he would commit to it more because like when they drafted him, we know that they drafted him because he's a better passer than people realize. But like passing doesn't, or being a fantastic passer isn't the whole equation because look at Justin Herbert in with the LA Ram or LA Chargers that just being a fantastic passer doesn't do it all for you. So the Cardinals were supposed to unlock a new facet with Connor Murray. He hasn't completely committed to it. Do you think that that's something that they need in the office offense? Are you happy enough when he stays in the pocket and passes and is accurate? I know his accuracy is a bit down this year, but when, when it's going right, are you just happy doing that? Um, I don't like seeing Connor Murray take hits. And he's good at avoiding these hits and sliding before he gets the hits in general. But against Seattle, he kind of got beat up a bit, whether it was in the pocket or taking on more runs, especially when it's quarterback designed runs, you can't really get away with, um, you know, scrambling for a few yards and sliding. It's more following blockers and you know you're going to take a hit when teams get muddled up in the middle of the pile. Um, so he does, He, I, I still think there's questions around um how much of a beating he can take without getting injured. He's finished the last couple of seasons with injuries and his game drops off massively and the whole off- offense drops off massively uh, when he is injured. So I think there's a balance to be found. You know, he just has to pick his moments. I don't think he can be a Lamar Jackson type, constantly running it down the throat of the defense and, you know, taking on tackles. I don't think he can be that type of player. He's not the same type of runner as that. Um, so it's more about, I think, picking his moments Um whether it's a designed pass play and just sees it open up, he should take those five yards or six yards because ultimately that will make the defense play him differently and it will make things open up in the passing game. Um, I think that's more of where he can excel rather than calling more running plays designed for Kyler Murray. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's the, the key for the offense. 
against Seattle, they had a, a, quite a few d- designed runs and they only put up three points at the end of the game. So I don't think it's as simple as saying, oh, make him run the ball more. Um, it's just about being smarter with it, you know, and, and knowing when to get out of the pocket or when to take those five yards and not press throwing a deep pass to, to Marquise Brown when he's covered, when, you just, when you're trying to make something happen. Just take what the defense has given you. Use your legs when you can. Um, and that, that would be how I, how I see Kyler Murray as a rushing quarterback. I definitely don't see him as this designed run uh, type guy, basically. You'll get to see him yourself up and close and personally going to the next two games. And what an important two games they are because we're already seeing parts of Cardinals Twitter and you know some respected journalists kind of suggesting what should happen if the Cardinals were to lose the next two games, i.e. maybe you start offloading some pieces because you know they're um, two and four at the moment. If they end up at two and six, the playoffs look out of the realm of possibility unless they're going to go on a tear down the stretch. Um, what, these next two games, because you're going to them, what is kind of your expectations going? Uh, what, what, what record do you think they're going to come away with um, uh, the next two? Um, I'm going to remain hopeful and say 2-0, but that's, mo- that's probably more hope than belief. Um, I think on Thursday, it's easy to point at the injuries Cardinals have, but Saints have a lot of injuries as well. Uh, they're coming in very banged up. So I know Cardinals are coming in as a 1.5 favourite, I think I saw a while ago. I think they, they have the talent to win. I think they should win. Hopkins coming back, it might give the, ener- the offence a spurt of energy. I don't think he's going to be eased into it. I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to absolutely put him on the field at every opportunity. Um, I'm going to, I think they can beat the Saints. I think they should beat the Saints, but they haven't actually won a home game in a year now. If they lose the Saints, it'll be a full calendar year since their last home win. Um, so it'll be tough. I don't know what's up with the home, what that voodoo is, but they need to shake that and, and get the win on Thursday. If they don't, they're going to, a, as of now, 5-1 and one Vikings team playing away so that's definitely no, going to be no easy test um, it, it's, it's, t- it's tough to call the NFL this year it seems like any team could win any given week uh, so I think Cardinals can win but if they can get through these next two games somehow scrape out two wins if not one win uh, they're, they're following three games after that are all divisional matchups so they're hosting Seattle uh, they're going to LA and they're hosting San Francisco I believe so this, this division can flip on a dime over the course of a couple of weeks. We're only one game behind the division leaders right now. Um, things aren't looking too strong in the NFC West, not as normal. So it's there to be had if they can get a couple of wins and then they're going into those division matchups with the offense, hopefully getting a bit more rhythm. Um, then it can change very fast, is all I'll say. It could go south very fast or they could be strongly in a playoff position over the next few weeks. So it'll be a very interesting a few weeks to watch and it'll be pivotal um hopefully they can somehow find a way to win these next two games then they'll be looking very strong yeah your own home county is cork shares the same red as the cardinals do you go in a cork jersey or a cardinals jersey to the game i was thinking about it honestly i have the cork jersey i'm packing now because i'm heading off tomorrow i'm packing the cork jersey so it's uh, i'm not sure which one I'll, i'll go with on the day but i won't rule it out yet Jason, thanks so much for joining us on the Irish NFL show. No problem. Uh, if I could actually just quick shout out to the the Irish Wolfhounds. There's a the the Irish American football team. They're playing in the European Championships this weekend, so they're they're heading to Madrid. Uh, my brother Stephen's actually a quarterback on that team, so best of luck to them. 
uh, you know, it's been a long few years without COVID. They haven't been able to put on the jersey. So it, it's nice for them to go and represent the country again this weekend. Uh, I think they're playing Spain on, on Saturday. So so best of luck to the Irish Irish Wolfhounds. There you go. Yeah, we'll definitely track that. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, get some up in the Irish Channel Show. We must get a picture of them. Yeah, all the best to uh, those lads out there. Yeah, find the flag. Uh, thanks again for joining us, Jason. We'll talk to you again soon. Cheers, Mark. Thanks, Will.